0: Welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am so excited to have on channeler Lee Mertens. Let me tell you a little bit about Lee. Lee has been involved in the global awakening for his entire life. From a child, he has been in contact with interdimensional beings who have guided him through playing his part in resetting the global grid. He recently began channeling Andon, a future version of himself that he met in person in 2014. Can't wait to talk about that. His mission in this life was to clear a DNA pattern that has been creating a negative feedback loop in his family line. He firmly believes that clearing repeating patterns is the key to adding to the ascension energies we are currently experiencing on Earth. Well, welcome, Lee. I am so excited to have you here. And just as i want to give just a, the audience a little background as to how we met we actually met a couple months ago at your cousin's birthday party and here in hawaii yeah. and there are no accidents ever you know no, no coincidences and so when she introduced right. us yep. she was like you two probably would like to talk to each other <laughs> And we're like, and then it turns out, yeah, we actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we, yeah were, we need to talk. <laughs> we
0: do. We had a lot to talk about. And so, um, I just wanted to explain to the audience how we came to know each other. And, um, so after we met at the party, then you actually came over to my house and we did a regression session where you were able, were able to retrieve more memories. And so, um, first though, before we get into that, I just want you to give the audience some background on like how you grew up. So you, you said that you had been contacted by inter- interdimensional beings when you were a child. So were you in a spiritually open household or like, how did, how did you grow up and how were they contacting you?
1: So I grew up in Texas, mm-hmm. small town in North Texas in like a really, uh, you know, small Baptist town. And so it wasn't really an open spiritual house at all. It's okay. um, yeah, you know, it's like anywhere else in the south, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, But as a child, there was um, these four orbs that used to hang around when I was the, a baby. And they, they were always there up until they so they I don't remember them having faces, but I do remember them having like a shape and a body. And, you know, we definitely had interactions. And, you know, I was playing with them more than I was playing with anything else around me for the most part. Okay. And, you know, as I got to where I could like sit up on my own and like use my arms a little more, um, you know, they were they're there guiding me, like helping me like get more set into my body where I could like get settled in and learn how to use it. And, you know, I had these, like, little wooden blocks that had, like, numbers and letters on them.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Um, you know, when I got to the point where I could stack those things by myself, that's when they kind of gave me the, you know, you're here and we'll see you later. You know, uh, how do I say that? Uh, like, that's, that was the, the role they played, was being around to the point that I could actually function in this body and move around and use it in, you know. To do things with okay yeah and you know that they they were gone for a while while i was like just growing up Mm -hmm. and um somewhere right around 16 17 um they popped back in but in a different way um they popped back in more in my dreams than anything else and at this point i kind of forgotten about them so they came back in at 16 you know i was like riding You know, I was just like journaling constantly and I was writing out these stories that I had no idea where they came from or what they're even doing. And it wasn't until I moved to Hawaii that I realized, oh, those were the, those were the guys from when I was a baby.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's just
1: always been there and it runs in my family line. My mom, um, she's, uh, you know, she auto draws and auto writes. And it hasn't been really all that uh, um, supported in you know her family line, and that's part yeah. of the pattern that I was here to change. Is like you know these these uh, these innate abilities that are just part of being human that have been locked away is you know, now it's safer to like let these things out.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like like it's safer in society or just in your family, in your community?
1: Uh, I think everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. like on, the, on, the, on a large scale, like no one's going to burn you for this now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they had in the past, Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Family wise, you know, like how how things are. My parents are extremely supportive. My family is supportive. Um, you know, it's it's not it's, it's not a hardcore family line. It's just a family line that grew up in a Southern Baptist way of thinking. And, you know, a Southern Baptist mindset and, you know, like that's just, that's just part of the design of how, how do you take a deep dive into something and how do you forget more and more about yourself? Well, you have to create, you know, you have to create situations and belief systems that allow you to forget and kind of put structure around your life so that these things are now taboo so that you don't go there. And, you know, that was that was all part of the big the big plan in the beginning is you know it's how how deep can you go into forgetting yourself and you know that's kind of where humanity went and that's what we're now awakening from you have to have something to awaken from yes and so we're awakening we're awakening from a really deep amnesia that we kind of place on ourselves and all these belief systems and rules and religions and ideas of how life should be are all the things that were put into place to create the experience of being completely separated from everything else.
0: Yeah. Like well, I totally resonate with that. And even just the Southern Baptist background, because my mother, um, she grew up in a Southern Baptist family in Texas and Arkansas. And she, um, when she was in her like early twenties, basically, or when she married my dad, she left the church, and then she discovered metaphysical sciences. Um, astrology was her first thing, but that was when I was two years old, and so I got the benefit of her leaving the church, you know, and growing up, being more awakened and open-minded than had yeah. she stayed in the church. So beautiful. Um, so okay, so these interdimensional beings that were coming to you in your dreams, are they still coming to you now, or is it just Andon? And we'll talk, we'll talk about how you met Andon in a moment, but
1: yeah, um, you know, they have uh, it's there's, there's more than one, mm-hmm. you know, like Andon is the main voice, so to speak, that's you know, like that I'm focusing on right now, uh, but there's always, there's been, yeah, there's always been a, a course, so to speak of, of guides and uh, counsels and uh, yeah. Of, okay. You know, beings that have uh, a whole lot of insight into a free will life where things are like, you know, this is what you're doing and you know, this is your choice to do this, but if you want options, here's some options you're not considering.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's let's go into the story about how you how and where you met Andon because this is what um, we were talking about at the party, and then that led into us getting those memories fully back for you. So um, yeah. share share a little bit of that journey for our audience. Okay,
1: um, you know, it all started with a major life change and inside that life change there was a a moment of just complete open opportunity and in that opportunity i felt this call to just follow synchronicity to its fullest and you know synchronicity can be defined in a lot of ways you know but usually it's defined as like two un uh like two unattached events seemingly being attached somehow or like you know you meet someone at the store and all of a sudden you're like you're talking about the same thing you know this there, synchronicity is like a random a random thing that, that grabs your attention and so i decided to test this out to like really take synchronicity to like, like it's it's fullness and you know it, in the bible it's described as if you you know it's, it's talked about a lot in the bible like to follow god and not worry about anything else you know like so it's, you can look at it that way. I decided just to follow my guide, the thing that, you know, the, the biggest thing in my life, I decided to follow it. And going into that, I woke up and one day I just had a really strong calling to like just get on a plane and fly to Thailand. And so I was like, okay, and backpack and then to the airport and then on like to, to Thailand and had no idea where I was going or what I was doing and landed in uh, Thailand, and the next day I was um, realizing that I had no idea why I was there or what I was doing, and the sun was rising, and, um, you know, I remembered from years ago that I met a guy in Hawaii that I helped him one day at his house, and he was moving to Thailand, and so I just, like, sent a, sent a quick email to my friend, and I was like, hey, do you have this guy's contact, and she said, yeah, and she just sent it to me and i emailed him and you know he's just down the road from where i was where i landed at and so i was on a bus and then to his house and stayed there one night and then the next morning um uh, he lived on the edge of the um jungle and the kowsock jungle is like one of the oldest untouched jungles in the world like it's it's the same it's been it's been it's been there for eons and nothing's changed and The next day I'm with him on a boat with his buddy going into the Kalislaq jungle to like deliver like food, like rice and beans and things to this floating village. That's like four and a half hours into the jungle along this river. And so we get to the floating village and it's, I'm just blown away. Like it's a, it's a true floating village in a jungle. And I'm talking to one of the people there and I'm just like, I want to stay here turns out the village has been rented out by this uh, this group that does Thai massage retreats and they had rented the village out. And there was no chance of me staying there. And they gave me the guy's contact about the retreat. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I got back, I emailed him and he told me that the retreat had been sold out for three years and there's a 60 60 person waiting list. But he'll put me on the list. (laughs) I was like, cool. And then the next morning he called me and um, they had a cancellation and I'm right there at the spot waiting. And so I took the missing person's spot in the tour and went into this village and stayed for two weeks. And while, while in the village, um, if you ever get a chance to like live in a jungle for a couple of days, I suggest it like the sounds that you hear and the, just the, the immenseness of it is mind blowing.
0: Yeah. Well, actually yeah. I did that opportunity um, back in 2018 when I was in Thailand and we glamped in the Khao Sok jungle. Oh, so nice. just being surrounded by those sounds. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And so I've been there for a week
1: and by this point in time, I'm really out of tune with the world and really in tune with the rhythms of the jungle. And um, it's, The retreat is all on the floating village and there's one day they take us on to land and we go through, we're going on a tour for three hour or a three hour tour, we're going for a tour uh, into the jungle, into a cave and it's like an hour and a half walk to the cave. And again, all this has been like synchronistic. I have not asked for any of this. I didn't plan any of this. This is just lining up and I'm just following, following the obvious path is all I'm doing. A drink. Yeah. And so there's like thirty five of us that are part of this group, and we're we have hiked our way to the cave, and we're like starting to go to the like at the entrance of it, starting to come in. And it's the the Thai guide, the the Thai leader of the village, is in the front. And then there's the interpreter and then there's me and then there's everybody else. And so I'm like number three in line of going into the cave. And as we're walking into it, like the beginning of it, um, we hear like a scream behind us. And this person had fallen and like, like fell and hurt themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, they go to check on her and then they come back and they tell me like, Lee, just follow the right wall of the cave until you get to the lake and then you can't go any further. And we'll meet you there. That's said, cool. And so I continue on into the cave and turn on my headlamp and walking along, and I'm just blown away by the immensity of it. The, the stalactites are just like, they're, they're massive. They're, they're, they're as big as buses. They're huge. And the, the ceiling is almost, you can't see it. And it's just, it's just massive. So I'm walking along the white, the right wall of the cave and. It just gets quieter and quieter and quieter, and the air gets more stale and stale and stale. And you know, I I feel like we've been walking more than five minutes.
0: And you had so people just,
1: you too. There were a few. Yeah. So, yeah so I, I turned around because I feel like we've walked more than five minutes. So I turned around, and it's just five of us right. that came in. And it's the five that I've been hanging out with with the whole retreat. Like we were the five like good friends mm-hmm. that we made. And the, everybody else went back to check on the person who fell. And so there's only five of us that came in. And I just look at him, I go, Hey, he said, keep going down the wall. And you get to the lake. I'm going to continue on. And it's like, they all agreed. And so we continue on. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking along the wall, there's a big, to the right of the, on the wall, there's a huge crack that has kind of like a lightning bolt shape to it. And it's like three feet wide or so and i like shine my light through there and there's another cavern another room on the other side of that wall and so i step through it and my lights don't hit anything it's just black and like there's like this like it's zero reflection coming back towards me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so i step forward and the next person comes through and we're all finally in there and i'm like five people five steps forward into this cave that i can't see anything in except just the floor and something in me just tells me to walk forward. And so I just start walking forward and the ground gets soft and we're like, spend the next 30 minutes or so, like walking up and over a guano pile. It's huge. Like it, it seems like it takes forever to walk up this thing. And the ground is like, it's crawling with life. It's like, it's full of beetles and centipedes and bugs. Like, it's just like crawling around. Yeah. And still the lights don't really hit anything. Like you see some flutterings on occasion from the bats that are in there and it's just nothing but just the the, foot, like the footprints is all we had to go by and so we're walking up and over this, this pile and like we're coming down the other side of it and we're reaching the edge of the pile to where it's going back to rock again on the floor and you know i'm realizing that this is as far as that i can go because beyond this point i don't have any way of knowing where we are
0: mm-hmm.
1: And so I, I start to turn to like talk to everybody. And as I'm turning my headlamp hits something. And as soon as it hits it, everyone else kind of like looks at it too. And we all walk towards it and it's, it's, it's a wall that's been carved out of, and it's somewhat like a rectangle shape box that's been carved out of it. And it's like probably 15 feet wide and 30 35 feet tall and so we're walking up to it and there's these two columns that are coming down that are just like perfectly shaped they are laser perfect and they're mm-hmm. like shapeness and behind that is shelves carved into the wall itself and on these shelves are like different things there's there's a little little scrolls and they have like the wooden holders on each end
0: mm-hmm. and
1: there's a few scrolls on some of the shelves. And then there's a couple of spots where it's just the wooden holders and like a pile of dust between the wooden holders, where, like the scrolls have like disintegrated. Yeah. And then there's these, uh, shapes, these trinkets that don't make sense. Like it looks like a child made it, like a kindergarten made them. Like they're just, they, they look like chaos almost when you look at them, like they have no design or no, you really can't tell what they even are. And, I'm, I'm there just, I'm the first one there and I get like just a glimpse of everything before I hear like screaming and chaos. And I turn around and the group had like walked up with me, yeah. but in an instant they had like spread out and like were running. And one of them was like running as fast as she could like across the cave. I could see her light bouncing and just like screaming like she was just like lost, like she was freaking out. And it wasn't like, I didn't have a chance to like, look back at the altar at all. And I had to chase them down and like stop them and bring everybody back to where the trail was coming out. And that's, um, we could not get out there fast enough. Like they, they were running to get out of here. And so we left that cave and back into the first cave and then out the wall and then out everybody was, and. Everyone, like the, the Thai guide and the interpreter, like the their faces were pure panic and also pure relief because you know, they had walked in to come get us because the lady that fell down had broke her elbow and they came in to come get us and the lake wasn't there. And they didn't know what to do because the lake has always been there. And so they were trying to figure out how to get her out of here and how to come back and find us that were now lost in this giant cavern system. And, it wasn't any talk about anything really it was like it was like oh my god you're out thank you let's get out of here and let's go and it was just a rush to get her out of there and get back to camp before dark for the most part
0: yeah and then later
1: on the the, and the interpreter and the thai guide came and talked to me and he was upset the thai guide was not happy with uh, the situation and the situation was is that his village is floating where it's floating at in that river is because a long time ago they built a dam in the kawasak jungle to create a power station that powers a lot of southeast asia and by doing that they flooded part of the jungle and this village used to be on the ground uh, before they flooded it and it's sitting exact same spot it was before it flooded but now it's floating on the water and the reason they're there is because they're that family's job like they're their reason for being alive is they are the overseers of that cave and the priest of that cave, and that cave carries a deep, uh, you know, it has a, a deep meaning to the the culture of the Kalisak Jungle. The Calsock Jungle culture is different than the Thai culture; like it's a different language even. And you know, they, it's, it's a very old way of living, and a very they, they've been doing this for eons. They haven't left the jungle, and ever like mm-hmm. they they have contact with the outside world and they do retreats and they do things, but for the most part, they still have a very deep, like kind of like you would think like Mayans have towards their place, you know, like a, a deep understanding of something that we're not privy to. Yeah. And so he was, he was really upset because he did not understand why we were allowed to go into the cave past the lake. And it wasn't him that got to do that because he had been as far as their history goes that lake has always been there and they knew that behind the lake it was it was protecting something and they knew that all they've always known that and he was upset because he couldn't understand why we were allowed to go in there and not the overseers of the cave all along
0: at that point did he know what was behind the lake
1: no no he didn't want to know either like i he just he just wanted to like talk to me for a minute to basically say you know that they're going to cut the retreat short and that we're gonna you know be packing and leaving the next day and um really he asked me just not to talk about anything that happened with the rest of the group that was there
0: Right. Okay.
1: like he just didn't they just kind of want to like say this didn't happen basically right yeah
0: Okay, so let's talk about what actually
1: happened in the cave. So what actually happened in the cave? Um, <laughs> there's more to well, it
0: than just screaming yeah. and leaving.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that was the story as I remembered it up until I met you. Mm-hmm. And the there's always been like a deep memory inside of me of like that, that thing was way too synchronistic and it had way... Like for me to go and go to the for me to actually get to that cave, my whole reality had to like rearrange itself. You know, like everything had to be rearranged for that to happen. And I didn't arrange any of that. You know, like whenever whenever that call came through of you're gonna do you're gonna go do this, everything else started falling into place. I had zero to do except just follow the obvious path of yes, this, yes, this, yes, this. The things were screaming at me, you need to do this, you need to do this. Like I couldn't couldn't deny it. And so, so when I met you, that was a story that I had, but I didn't have the full memory of why, why we went there and what actually happened inside the cave and what freaked everyone out. And, you know, what freaked everyone out was, is we came in, you know, what freaked them out was something happened, we came in contact with something that no one could understand. You know, like it just it didn't, it didn't make sense to be in this cave this deep and to see what we saw and then actually run across somebody at the same time mm-hmm. and so one of the things that was on the shelf was a skull and it it's kind of like um it reminded me of i don't know if this is gonna make a reference or not it reminded me of pictures that i saw when i was a kid of like the israelites or the egyptians being carved you know that like their eyes were much bigger and more elongated yeah you know they had the skull had a, a skull shaped kind of like that where the eyes are more elongated and you know it was skinnier here and a little bigger here mm-hmm. um, but not like not like the area could one guys behind you you know not quite that <laughs> not quite that right yeah not quite that extreme but close to that yeah <laughs> But you know, it was definitely a human face. It's just the features were different. You know, the eyes were a different shape and a little bigger, and the jaws were you know weren't quite as like Roman as we, you know our jaws are today. It was like they're a different culture. Yeah. And in there, when I went through the memory with you, you know, I walked up to the altar or this this thing. I walk up to this this altar and. I was there just a second and then everyone was behind me and in the next second everyone spread out like you know the person that was running across the cave was already like way across the cave by the time i turned around and so there was a second of like memory loss in there of me yeah. walking up and everybody's there and then me turning around everybody's spread out and so something happened between them getting there and me being here yes and what happened was is that's when i met andon and andon um, presented himself to me as standing right there, like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, between, between the pillars, which I thought were empty shelves for the longest time. Now I realized those are actually steps going into something. And so, you know, he must've walked out of that because I don't have a memory of him, like walking out of it. I just remember him, like all of a sudden being in front of me. And in that split second that he was in front of me, we just had a conversation. And, you know, this conversation was basically, uh, it was telepathic. It was done through, you know, just a, just a sharing of ideas. And he just gave me a really big picture all at once. And, you know, the picture was the timeline you're on right now leads to here. Like this is, this is what you're doing with your body. And this is what's going on in your life in the future. And this is the timeline that you're on if you choose to do this like if you choose to stay on this timeline you're now looking at your future self and that happened once before just in a different way i was uh before i moved to hawaii i was living in texas and literally like looking down the hallway of where i was working and realizing you know the vp's office is like two doors down and that's where i'm going and Ooh. i was looking at the vp and i was seeing myself in the future sitting there as that guy was but i didn't like it at all like <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't appealing at all. Like it just, he was not healthy and sweating and just like really stressed out. And I was just looking at it going, that doesn't seem all that appealing. Like, why am I doing this? But when I met Andon and I, you know, now that I have the memory of that. I realized that when I met him, I was like, oh, this is super appealing. Like this is something I do want to become. This is a timeline I do want to stay on. And so, yeah, he just gave me a quick little like download of here's where you're going and here's what it's like and you know and then everyone else sensed it you know i don't know if it was a skull or if they actually sensed him or both together but Mm -hmm. in that moment that he and i were talking that's when everybody ran and then i turned around and they're like everybody spread out and i had to catch up to him and that was locked away my memory for a while until i met you and then now that that memory has come out i've been talking with andon in a much more conscious, uh, you know, in this reality way than I, you know,
0: I ever have before. Yeah. Well, and in, in the regression session, you were channeling and on full on. And I, where you, did you channel him before that session?
1: Not like that. No,
0: okay.
1: yeah. And I haven't channeled him like that since either. It's not, hasn't been like, cause with during that session, I was, just, I was just fully let go and let it let yeah. the conversation happen and you know now when i do that i i'm only doing it for me so i'm staying pretty conscious during the, the conversation so that i can like hey you know understand here and you know partake in what's going on right and a lot of times it takes place in just a very like lucid lucid state you know it's um it's that, it's that moment when you're like waking up or that moment right before you fall asleep where you're fully conscious but you're aware that your body is changing yeah it's inside that kind of, it's inside that kind of moment that i can that i do it most of the time
0: okay well and that's i'm glad you brought that up that's theta brainwave state and that is actually where most things do happen for not yeah. just you but for everyone so yeah so just being aware of that that when you're coming into dream state or out of dream state that theta place yeah
1: and it's not always going to sleep i can do it during the daytime most yeah. of the time i do it during the daytime actually when i'm going to sleep i a lot of times I just fall asleep <laughs> to be honest.
0: okay well so what um what kinds of messages are you getting from andon now
1: so he is really speaking well, towards
0: real, real, qu- real quick yeah Let, let's explain who andon is because he's a okay. uh,
1: He's a hybrid, yeah, yeah. so he right. And so in our conversation, you know we we described him as a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is is what's not a hybrid at this point? You know, yeah, a human is a human there's no such thing as a non-hybrid because there's not like a pure uh, yeah, a pure being right. that's not you know it's not ancient. <laughs> that's everybody's ancient, and everybody has. You know, a mixture of things going on in their lives. From yeah, yeah. And so, what's not a hybrid? Um, he is actually this human body. That, but over time, the body has changed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how to explain this? So he's you from the future. He's me. He, yeah, he's me in a future time. He's me in the future, basically. Yeah. Um, but he's me after this body has gone through a pretty big change and it's not a, it's not an instant change. It's not like a death and then reborn, this body kind of change. It's a gradual change. You know, he's a few, um, you know, I haven't, he's very, he's very clear to not be precise on timelines like this year or that year. I mean, this is how it happened. Um, he, he's more speaking towards like this is where it's going mm-hmm. and isn't really wanting to put a time frame on that and part of that has to do with um something that we're doing right now is you know this this awakening that we're going through has an acceleration to it and this acceleration is being felt through all of creation not just not just our earthy plane and just not not just earth but all creation all the other like everything that's alive everything that's here right now is also feeling this acceleration coming through and one way of like accelerating an acceleration is by helping the base of the acceleration to accelerate more so to speak so what andon is presenting is like this is where it's going and these are things that you can do to speed it up which is why he's not very wanting to put a time frame on it like define it as a time frame yeah because the time frame is being left open of like how how could how can this happen and you know the the smoothest fastest manner and so that's that's more way speaking towards but who he is is um you know he lives in a world where we've already gone past the the idea of work we've gone past the idea of like manufacturing and creating the way that we're doing it and he lives in a world where manifestation happens at a much faster consistent rate than the way we're doing it um and it all has to do with you know merging your imagination with your current awakened consciousness Mm. so that you don't you don't perceive things as imaginary anymore you perceive them as real and that's how manifestation so to speak is like happening at a faster rate in his world his time frame is because they haven't they've taken that veil between the two out and merged those two things into one and much like a child believes everything they see mm-hmm. you know even if they're imagining it they still their body still experiences it and their memory still has it even though you may not see it they are seeing it yeah you know, they live in a world where everybody sees it now you know, it's, they live in a world that's very, very childlike in its playfulness and like its way it's it's moves and it's malleable and the way that it can change. And their society is very, um, it's very colorful and it's very playful and it's very bright and it's very fun. And there's really, there's really nothing to do as far as like physical labor or physical work. It's it's extremely pleasure based. You know, it's extremely like lavish it's extremely opulent it's extremely you know like they're they they're now using senses that we aren't aware of and so they're not so much involved in like the physical senses that we consider important mm-hmm. like taste and smell and touch and these things they still have all that but they have they've opened up a third eye sensory perception that you know they have sensations and emotions now that we can't even conceive in this current moment
0: yeah and So well, I- the
1: world they're living in yeah
0: I remember in my conversation with Andon in our session, he was saying that um they have you know thirteen senses, you know, compared to our like five or six that we experience, right. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. so yeah, that's so andon is a future version of me that's like living in a very lavish, you know more open more chakras than we have more sensations than we have more senses than we have and is living that life to its fullest and it's beyond it's beyond the shift that we're looking at right and you know his his advice and his inputs into my life are simply he's not really he's not really speaking much towards like events that's going on in the bigger world, like he's not worried. He's not talking about the galactic flash or the, the pulses coming through. You know, he's not talking about um, you know, the. The the recourse or the, the the effects of those waves that are happening on humanity and Earth and people's people. He's, like, he's not talking about any of that at all. He is very specific on one thing right now, and it's been very consistent the last two months, and that is he is speaking towards association and that anything that you associate yourself with is going to be in your reality. And for me, he's been very specific for me to dig through how deeply I'm associating myself with my family line. Mm-hmm. Because in his world, you know, the thing that we consider family is in their history books as that happened, that's no longer happening.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, one one way he describes it is is like forcing, forcing someone to hang out with an aunt, who's not very nice, just because their family isn't really teaching them family. It's teaching them to accept abuse. Yeah. And so he's being very clear, like, you know, really dig through your history, dig through your DNA, dig through your genetics, like really dig through there and start remembering the things that you know, have happened along your family line. And accept them as they have happened and you no longer need to carry that energy anymore as that's part of your family line that's part of your tradition. Because as long as you associate with it, it's going to be in your reality. And so he's asking me to go back and like really kind of like just close some chapters on my ancestors and, you know, like my grandparents and just, you know, even my even my story about how we came to America, he's like, it's time to close all that up because these are all stories that have to do with, like, you know, overcoming adversities. And as long as you have a story that's based in overcoming adversity, you're going to be projecting out adversity to overcome because mm-hmm. you're associating that that's what you do, that's what you came from, that's what made you who you are. And he's like, it's, you know, at this point in time, you can start cutting those things loose and become more like a, more like a born star more like a new new beginning and just kind of start designing who you are and not so much depending on your history of who you are so he's really big right now he's really big right now on association with everything he's like you have to look at your finances and your lifestyle and your house and your clothes and how you view yourself in the mirror And how you think about your friends and your family and the car that you drive and what you do on a daily basis is like start understanding these things and how much they're having an effect on you and as you can start changing how these things are affecting you you can start getting to here much quicker here being what he's talking about
0: yeah so if you can give a couple of examples of how you actually are now applying this in your life so that people <laughs> <All> right?
1: <laughs> a little bit of exposure here okay um,
0: if you want you know that's kind of what i do <laughs> yeah I open up so, all right well um let
1: me see how can i give some good examples of that like exposing too many things right now um yeah whenever it feels well so. okay so let's just talk about texas for a while okay all right so you know texas has that really like you know, don't mess with Texas kind of thing. And especially in North Texas. And my friends from Texas are all, you know, very. Very ingrained in their. Um, their love of football and their love of competition and their love of, you know. of The southern states versus the northern states. You know, that's, that's still a real thing in yeah. the world. And so as long as you know, I have that in my bank as like this is part of Lee, then my reality has no choice but to keep bringing that same lifestyle forward of of uh, us against them kind of thing it's always going to have that as part of my reality because it has no choice because i associate myself as coming from there and being part of that and a lot of it has to do with repetition you know like spending so many years in that culture so to speak yeah ingrains it pretty deeply and it's up to us to decide which things that we're going to uningrain from us and so it doesn't mean that i don't talk to my friends or that i don't recognize texas or that i don't recognize football it just simply means that I know these things are there, but it's not something that I am going to actively partake in anymore. You know, like I am going to fly back to Texas this summer and see my friends. So I am going to partake in that part a little bit, but I'm also going to you know, realize in the back of my mind that a lot of this has to do with my love of my friends, not so much my love of football or my love of competition or my love of the South. Right. Right. And so he's just like you know, taking taking these things that um, you hold as as a anchor in your life as this is something that's real is always going to be real as long as you consider it as necessary.
0: Let that soak in, everyone.
1: Let that soak in. <laughs> yeah, it's. You know the awakening has very little to do with like an aha moment yeah it has a lot more to do with the realization that you are now becoming in charge of raising yourself and by being your own parent and raising yourself that's how you raise your frequency and there's not there's not really a high frequency or a low frequency it's just there are frequencies And it's really what frequencies do you associate with? Which ones do you want to be on? Like, you know, where do you actually want to go? And, you know, for someone that actually absolutely loves football and loves competition, that's their frequency. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that reality is always going to be there. Just like this reality is always going to be here, the next reality is always going to be there. It's not so much that we're here to change reality, we're here to change realities. Yes. The, the, you know, the something that he, something that came through recently was that, you know, the the big call for like, we're here to bring in the new earth doesn't quite happen the way that everybody thinks it is. It's not so much that we're here to bring in the new earth because the new earth already exists. We're simply here to recognize what earth we're on and what earth we want to be on. That's the new earth. It's really, it's the new you. And by becoming the new you, that creates the new earth. But so much, you know, like it's, it's not really like. The reality that we're here living in now doesn't actually go anywhere because creation can't actually uncreate itself. You now, everything that exists already exists,
0: it does all time it
1: does
0: simultaneously,
1: all, all of simultaneously. And so that was a big one for me. It was like, let go of the, you know, the, the battle to save Earth there's nothing to save. like really it's you're you're trying to you're trying to battle creation here and you really can't do that you just have to recognize that you know the moment that buddha became buddha was the moment that he accepted suffering you know like that was the awakening moment for buddha like he was under the lotus tree and realized there is suffering in the world and he can't do anything about it Mm -hmm. and that's when he became the buddha it's like that's when he became the enlightened person that he is, became the accepting person that he is. He's like, oh yeah, this is this exists, and I can't do anything about it, and so I'm gonna let it go. Yeah, yeah, and so that's where we're at. That's where Andon and I. That's where he's with me right now. It's like he's just telling me, like, just really pay attention to everything that you're holding on to, and what you consider real, and just realize, yes, it is real. Now, is it necessary for you? You know, is it your preference? Is it really what you want, or is it just you being convinced this is what you have to do.
0: So, does he have um, advice or instructions on if you're looking at your life and you're like, yeah I don't want to associate with that anymore? Like, is it just a mindset shift or? Is well, it- it's
1: kind of like if you're getting bitten by a mosquito. The minute you realize you're being bitten by a mosquito, it's either going to fly away or you're going to do something about it. And so, it's the same thing, the minute you realize there's something in your life that doesn't really align line anymore mm-hmm. just that realization sets the thing in motion to change it um there's not one way to like actually do it you know the the only way to do it is a realize that there's something that you want to complete yeah yeah and then there's a thousand modalities of how you can go about changing that you know there's all kinds of magic in the world there's all kinds of crystals there's all kinds of like right you know there's a, there's enough people running around saying there's all all the ways to do this they all work you know, the realization that the biggest thing is just realizing, oh, this is something that I want to change. And if it's true, it will change. If it's not true, it's not going to change. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah. You what's have that?
1: <laughs> people, uh, with yourself. Yeah. 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 Because you can't actually force it. No.
0: no. Well, one of the things that you touched on earlier, which is something that I really teach and want to help people really start to know about themselves is so we all have this guidance within us and when we pay attention to it like you were with these synchronicities everything lining up and you just following the breadcrumbs and it led you to now where you are um, just like really people starting to trust themselves and in the human design world we call that inner authority that's our energy yes but You know, whether however it comes to you, rather than um, living in the fear of the unknown, but really being like, maybe more curious of like, oh, this is showing up. Okay. Do I, I'm getting a yes. Let's try that. Um, So I just, you following those things and not really knowing where it was going to lead led to a beautiful outcome. It led to a beautiful outcome.
1: Uh, I will say that I don't, you know, like it's not everyone goes down the path that I'm going down. Like, you know, I disappeared from the world for a while to go do this and then come back. Yeah, that's not necessary for everyone. You know, that's, that wasn't necessary for me, but really the thing, the thing that you do when you're by yourself and no one's watching, you know, the thing that you hide from everybody else, that when no one's around, you do on your own, that's, that's your guide. You know, that's your guide speaking through you, whether it's you talking to yourself or dancing, or like you have a certain body habit that you like hold back when you're around people, but when you're not around put that thing out, that's really your guidance coming through. When you're in that relaxed state of like allowing things to come through, that's when you start playing with it. And it can come through in all kinds of ways. You know, it can come through with you just speaking to yourself. It can come through with drawing, it can come through with writing, it can come through with singing music. You know, it can come through with meditation, you know you can do it with tarot cards you can do it with like rolling dice it really doesn't matter what it is it's it's picking it's picking the thing that you're the most comfortable with and then just letting it develop itself and just understand that not every synchronicity is going to lead to a glorious moment right that's not how that's not how synchronicity works you know synchronicity is really more just about you learning to follow a different guidance in life and you know, sometimes this guidance will walk you into a dead end just so that you can go, okay, oh, hey, this was actually you leading me here. You know, if everything it's you know, humans are funny. If everything was easy, we wouldn't catch on.
0: Well, and this is earth school. We didn't this come to
1: earth school to be easy. <laughs> but if it was easy, we wouldn't catch on. Yeah, you know, it would just be everyday thing. And really what we're going through now is not so much we're every every time you practice a synchronistic moment you're preparing yourself for a much bigger synchronistic moment and you know what we're doing is we're preparing ourselves to meet something that we're not prepared to meet right now Mm -hmm. you know you know and it's, it's described in the bible all the time that whenever an angel shows up people fall to the floor and like they're just you know they're quaking they're like they're so scared because they can't understand why the sky is split open and this thing came through and it freaks them out. And so it's 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 described in all the religions, it's all over the world. It's everywhere. And all the temples in Egypt and anchor Wat, like in China, anywhere. There's an inscription. This thing takes place where there is a story of something showing up that's very brilliant and everyone falling to the ground, not knowing what to do because it was like they're terrified. OK, and so We're going to meet our star family soon. We're going to meet the angels soon. We're going to meet all of the, you know, the players behind these stories pretty soon. And we can't fall to the ground quaking because that's not how it's going to happen this time. You know, that's, that was something that happened. And that was something that was, let me put it this way. When you're. When you're a kid and you're playing a game with an adult, and let's, let's say that game is you're, you know, God. Well, someone has to play the role of God for the game to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that game's coming to an end because the way this awakening is happening is, is like higher authority of something being over you isn't no, it's like it's not part of the agreements anymore. It's not part of what's going on. We've already played that game. Yeah. And we're, we're letting that go. And so we're getting ready to meet these players who we, In the past, we're considered God's when reality, they're just equal beings to us. And it's not going to like be a rip in the sky, here we are, boo kind of thing. It's going to happen on a very synchronistic path because the way the way reality works outside of here is much less thinking and much more free flow, it's much more of allowance. And so as we're going through, like, learning how to use synchronicity, we're training ourselves to – we're training our system, so to speak, to handle being face-to-face with something that's not of this reality and yeah. not not freak out from it.
0: Yeah, very important because, I mean, we even – not me and you necessarily, but people honor freak out over just differences in the human form, like being racist yeah. or you know, just – problems like that. And so the more that, and this is something that I'm working with people teaching and helping to even expand myself more and more is like really going within and being open to this connection with these different groups. Um, And I've always appreciated diversity of form And the more that we can just really, I think, embrace diversity and the more that we understand, you know, there really is no good or bad or everything is beautiful. It's all love. And we can start seeing ourselves in these other people, these other beings, because they are us. We are them. And we are family. And we all come from the same source.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I could say one thing to you know your listeners in this podcast is. There, there's one there's one message that came through a lot of channels and that, that the message is. This is the timeline. This is the time that this big shift happens. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't be here talking to you that would be a waste of time and we don't actually waste our time yeah 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 and so it's being you know that message is, is coming out all over the world through all the different you know channelers out there is that the challenge is saying the same thing this is the time it happens because we're all here talking about it, yeah. it we here talking about it if it wasn't happening
0: no that's i it's a perfect point i appreciate that yeah. so how has meeting Andon and working in this realm, and now like yeah, channeling Andon, getting messages? How has this benefited your life?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, like I said, Andon is a very uh, opulent person. I mean, he lives in a very opulent reality, and so he yeah he has uh, rearranged my my finances tremendously. He has rearranged how I handle money and what I'm doing with it and currently got me working in the stock market oh. and he's guided me on that. He's like, you know, right now, and this is like the step you're going to take to, like, really up your game, so to speak,
0: okay. you know, really
1: up up the up the lifestyle. And I mean, so, yeah, he's put me into a world that I know I knew nothing about a few weeks ago. And, you know, every time I've walked stepped into the stock market, I've always lost right away. And so I, I gave up years ago, I gave up, like. 20 years ago on stock market. And so he's now guided me into this. He's um, rearranged my kids lives so that they're living pretty much to the fullest of everything they asked for. He, um, you know, he like, <sighs> Oh, to put it in a nutshell, <clears throat> he, since meeting him, I now have a different house and a different place to my kids and a complete different lifestyle and a different haircut and a, a different financial path and a different, I don't sleep nearly as much as I used to. Hmm. You know, like I used to sleep a lot and now I sleep like four hours and I'm, you know, I'm awake at 3 a.m. because that's, you know, 3.30 is when the bell rings in New York at the stock market. Okay. You know, I'm awake at three and I'm got way more energy now than I've ever had in my entire life um even my cat who used to be like this crazy feral thing that would not come near me now is like all over me like she's chilled out like everything has changed and this is all in the last you know two months yeah that's incredible yeah you know yeah the me the me in december january time and the me now like when i walk around my community the people would I've had, I've had full conversations with people like for five minutes before they realized who I was.
0: <laughs> Cause and <laughs> you did had, people yeah, have said when your face has changed shape, like, I mean, you had, when we met your hair was long and so you cut your hair off. You're, yeah. you're restructuring.
1: I'm restructuring. And that's, you know, I think that's just an effect of when you open up your trust into a, a, a bigger guide, a trust into a bigger thing and believe it, you know, like when you, when you it's hard to deny something when you meet it face to face, you know, it's pretty easy for me. It's, I couldn't, I can't deny it. Yeah. You know, I, and you know, for other people, I would say, just take that, take that advice if you can. And just like, the more you believe in what you're actually doing, the stronger it's going to be, mm-hmm. the more real it's going to be, the more accepted it's going to be yeah um, who was it? It was a uh, It was Bashar that said this a long time ago. Um, uh, one of his things is, is that you can never lack confidence because it's actually the expression of confidence that creates your reality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you can be very confident in the experience of lack,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is how you confidently create a lacking reality. So you can never lack confidence. You know, just just believe what you're doing fully and realize that what you're doing, you're doing it fully and you can change what you're doing. Yeah. As long as you're doing it, as long as you're doing it fully.
0: (laughs) I mean, so you're proof right here that in two months time, like you can completely change your world. Yeah. So, yeah, I,
1: yeah, that's, yeah, that's how the acceleration works is when you like grab onto it and say yeah i'm doing this and let the thing accelerate through you um you know acceleration also affects the body because we're we're kind of stuck in a a um an atrophying state so to speak you know it's a body that's moving faster than Mm -hmm. it's able to replenish itself but when you go when you start accelerating i you know i this is gonna be this will tell itself out in the future right i can't make this true now i can't like but I can, I feel like it's true because I'm seeing it on body. But when you, when you like grab onto an acceleration, then your body starts regenerating itself faster than you're using it. And you know, one of the things I've noticed is, is like my posture has changed. My muscle tone has changed. My size has changed. My weight has changed. um, My skin has changed and it's just. You know it's, it's starting to resemble more of the andon that i have in my memory of, of seeing him it's starting to resemble more of that being's body you know it was a body that had zero you know, stress in it, it was the body that had you know it had it had nothing but freedom inside of it
0: hmm.
1: but he didn't have any like he didn't show any signs of stress at all like he, he, they've already gone past all that yeah. let it all go already
0: yeah well, so maybe uh, in a few months, we'll have you on again and see how much. You're more- right. Let's,
1: let's find out. I'm, you know, I'm down with that. Like I'm down with testing everything to its fullest. So yeah, let's do this in six months or a few months. And like, let's check in and see where yeah. we're at. Let's do it in a year and check where we're at. Because if it's not real, then I don't want to talk about it.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Next, so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely take that challenge because I want to know for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate all the information that you have shared today and the wisdom of Andon, and just, um, I, I just appreciate meeting you again because there, you know, that was not an accident. Not an
1: accident. Yeah.
0: um, So having someone like you on island, you know, this, yeah, it's awesome. So, um, I just have a couple of announcements for the group. One is that my galactic retreat. um, So I have 10 spots available. This is a co-ed retreat here in Waikoloa Village in Hawaii. It's October 13th to the 16th. And so um, I'll post information about that. It's also on my website, mysticmanta.com. And then my next Sacred Soul Kona retreat is next year, April 23rd to the 29th that is for women only, but I only have six spots available for that. And the first three people that sign up get the early bird pricing. So take advantage of that savings. And then I have, I've been, I was telling um, Lee before we got on. So I've been working on my book um, with Mm -hmm. all this information that I've been teaching. So Stay tuned for that a little later in the year. And I appreciate all of you watching. And thank you, Lee, so much for being here. And um, all the viewers, thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys. You're welcome.
0: Aloha.